All right, welcome to the Norman News Bulletin Podcast. We are without co-host John McLaughlin today, but we have Alvina Lamar filling in. And we're finishing up our draft review episode and doing a little Thursday night preview because tonight we have football. It's finally back. Let's get it. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. We have Dallas Cowboys and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the reigning Super Bowl champions. But now we're going to finish up our draft review. In our previous episode, it was taking a little longer than expected. We only got through half the league. And we've got the other half of the league today. We were trying to push this out a little earlier, but some scheduling conflicts led to us waiting until the first day of the season. So we'll pick right back up with Ivan, who drafted from the seventh spot. Alvino, what do you think about Ivan's draft? Yeah, so uh, Ivan did all right. Um, just kind of from sitting on the couch next to him and, and kind of being an inside source, uh, I think he could tell you that he didn't really have the draft that he wanted. Um, he ended up going very running back heavy. Um, he took a lot of the running back targets that I was actually kind of going for, but um, which kind of led to to that trade with with me and Tyler Lockett and, and Mike Davis. But um Dak Prescott's going to be a good one. He's going to be playing tonight. Um, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Um, you don't know what you're going to get from him as the RB1. I think that was his, that was his second-round pick. Um, so he he's going to have to figure that thing out on Sunday, too, as well against the Cleveland D. Um, right now, he does have Damian Harris as the RB2. I don't mind that one as the RB2. I think Damian Harris is going to be that guy in New England. Um, he was going to be an under-radar guy that I was trying to get in the later rounds, too, as well. I don't mind it. Um, but is he going to be RB2 for the whole year? We'll see. I know Ramondre Stevenson had a good preseason in a, in a good training camp. Um, so they may be splitting carries there. Um, Devontae dislocated Ad- his thumb, though, Ramondre. Oh, see, I did yeah, not hear about that part. He d- dislocated his thumb a couple of days ago. I'm not sure what the recovery timetable is for that. but well, Then it's all it's the Damian Harris, Damian Harris show. So he should be good for RB2 there, actually. Um, Devontae Adams is going to be a no-brainer. Um, and then you got Mark Andrews, Tyler Lockett, C.D. Lamb. So actually, if if those guys, if, if if all those guys play well, then he should have a have a pretty decent first few weeks. Um, I think the the question mark is going to be Clyde as that RB one and trying to get him. He's projected to get 16 points, uh, but we'll see. I know you had him last year, and, and he was kind of very inconsistent up and down. But um, if he can get that starting lineup to to rock and roll, then then he may be all right. Yeah, you know. Looking over Ivan's draft for me, overall it was very meh. But I didn't really see anything about it that I loved or anything that I hated. Okay, right here we had some audio issues. Basically all you're missing is I said that Henry Ruggs was my least favorite pick for Ivan. LaVisca Chenault was my favorite. Not very exciting takes, uh, again. Ivan's draft was pretty just solid, nothing good, nothing bad. We lost that audio. I was unable to record it or to recover it. And now we just jump right on and uh, restarting recording and moving on to Alvino. Yeah, so uh, we can go ahead and move on to your draft, Alvino, drafting from the eighth spot. What did you like or didn't like about your draft? Did you actually analyze your own draft? 
Uh, yeah, and then kind of just a final grade or kind of final power ranking that I gave for Ivan was I had him eighth best draft out of eleven. So I um, mean that was that was pre trade, but Ivan had the eighth best according to to my opinion. So, um, but kind of just moving on to me. Um, oh yeah, so I guess my draft grade for <laughs> Ivan was a B mi- B minus. Okay. Uh, again, I I thought it was just pretty. You know, it was solid, but there wasn't anything I thought that would make it a league winner right out of the gate. He'll have to do some good trades, which he already did a trade with you. We're moving on to you. Uh, we can talk about that trade on yours. You've already mentioned it a couple times. but Yeah, so uh, kind of going into draft day, I had my players that I wanted um, pretty much at every position. Um, I got some of them, and then a lot of them I didn't, partly because I have kind of Stole a lot of the people that I actually was kind of going for, um, which is why we kind of had to make that trade. But um, David Montgomery was somebody that I thought could be an RB1. I know a lot of people don't think he can be, but um, he was going to be my target going into that second round. Um, A lot of people said I could have gotten him in the third, but I didn't want to risk it. So I did go ahead and get him in the second. I did want to go wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, but David Montgomery was there, and I wanted him to be the RB1. Um, still end up getting Mike Evans in the third, too, as well as the RB2, so definitely not bad. We'll see how he does tonight. Um, tight end, I did not have Mike Isecki going in, uh, but I did see him fall to me once all the other tight end targets did leave. Um, so that was somebody that I picked up and somebody that I actually did really like, too, as well. Um, but I do, I did like my draft. Um, it was very wide receiver heavy pre-post-draft, uh, pre-trade. Um, I did have Kareem Hunt as the RB2 there. Um, him and Nick Chubb are, are I think, Nick Chubb's obviously going to get get a lot of those carries, but I do like Kareem Hunt. Um, you had him last year, I believe, and, and he did pretty well without Nick Chubb in there. But um, Kareem Hunt's kind of coming off of a contract extension, so I think um, the Browns do want to use him a lot um, in the past game and, and still also give him some carries too as well to kind of be that third down back or whatever Nick Chubb does go. Um, but so I have Kareem Hunt kind of on the bench and then Mike Davis, uh, he's obviously going to be the RB one in Atlanta. So I do like him as my running back two in my lineup. So, um, I think it's a solid, solid lineup. We'll see. It's projected to be one of the lower scoring ones. Um, but I think a lot of these guys on here are going to be very underrated and undervalued too as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was looking over your draft and, there wasn't a whole lot that I really hated. I did think that you reached a little for David Montgomery, but hey, if he's your guy, then he's your guy. Um, you know, actually, my favorite pick of yours was one that you traded away already. I liked you getting Tyler Lockett in the fourth. I think that was great value, but you got rid of him. So, yeah, the Tyler Lockett one, I realized is like, hey, I kind of went wide receiver heavy in the later draft. So I feel like I'm, I have a good chance of hitting on some of these bench players um, like, a, well, I thought I could possibly hit on Sammy Watkins, especially with Rashad Bateman now. Um, but that's still a possibility. Um, Marquez Callaway ended up picking up him. I think he's going to be the number one guy in New Orleans without Michael Thomas right now. Um, so I, I did feel like I could hit on a lot of those guys I was like, all right, maybe I can expend a, a, a wide receiver and, and try to balance out with that running back. So that was kind of the thought process behind, behind that trade. Um, and, and I think with that trade, I think both teams with me and Ivans, we, we got a little bit better though. Yeah. You know, and, uh, my least favorite pick of yours was Michael Carter in the eighth round. I mean, that's still, there's still a lot of good value there and, you got a complete flyer on a guy who 
he hasn't done anything at all in preseason. He hasn't been practicing with the ones. It, it, he might he might not return for you until week ten, and that's a long time to wait. Have a guy on your bench, right? And Michael Carter was was somebody that I I mean I had James Conner in there. I had a lot of targets. Um, Damian Harris was also going to be one of those those bench running backs that I was I was going to target for, and I, then I did see Michael Carter kind of in the later rounds, um, and I was like, hey, he kind of has the potential, but he's definitely not going to be be starting in the lineup right away. Um, but he'll, he, he won't get in a lineup before Kareem Hunt or anybody or any one of those guys, um, until later in the season. But, um, Michael Carter, he's, I don't know the, that Jets backfield and, and just kind of knowing, um, that they're going to be running the ball a lot, especially with the, with the LaFleur guys, offensive coordinator coming over from San Francisco and kind of knowing what that running game is and how they do the running back committee and, and run, um, three to four different running backs. He does have a chance to kind of spark, um, so we'll see how he does on, on Sundays. All right. My draft grade for you was a C plus. <laughs> you, <laughs> you weren't you weren't the worst, but uh I, I didn't love it, man. I didn't love it. I got Fair you. Enough. I had two other people below you, so Okay. If I I didn't put my, I didn't give myself an actual ranking, but I feel like I'm probably in the top six of the drafts. Top six, maybe top five. All right, all right. Let's move on to John then. He was drafted from the nine spot. Well, kind of. He had the first overall pick, and then after that, he drafted from the nine spot. He was involved in that trade with Garrett. So he did get Christian McCaffrey in the first round. And then he came back with a 2.9. Or I guess it would have been the 2.3 or 4. Early early second round pick. So what do you think of John's draft? Yeah, it's a shame he's not on the call because um, I would give him his kudos. But I think John had one of his better drafts that he's had over the last couple of years. I'm kind of looking at this draft and, and not really seeing any weaknesses except for maybe my least favorite pick is probably going to be that Chase Edmonds one. Um, we just don't know what he's going to be doing. I know he was in that offense last year, but he didn't get a lot of carries. He did get a lot of re- uh, catches, though. So we are in a PPR league. Um, but James Conner, um, he's he's going into Arizona. We Nobody knows who's actually going to be the RB1 or who's going to be um, getting a lot of those reps there. So if Chase Edmonds doesn't get those reps and James Conner ends up taking over, then he's going to be looking at a new flex spot. But um, Dallas Goddard, I think, was going to be another one of my tight end targets kind of going in. He's had a great camp. Him and Jalen Hurts have been, reported have um, a pretty good chemistry going in. Um, so I like Dallas Goddard as tight end, even with Zach Ertz on the opposite end. But other than that, I mean, you got his wide receivers are looking pretty good with DeAndre and, and Adam Thielen. And then Miles Sanders also isn't going to be a bad RB2 if you have Christian McCaffrey as RB1. Um, so overall, I mean, I had I had John at number six out of 11. So I think John had had actually a really good draft. Yeah, I, I liked John's draft. I had it. My, I'll just give my grade. It's I gave him a B. Uh, I think that he was in the top, uh, top six or so, of the drafts. I I liked it. Um, my favorite pick of his was Jamar Chase in the eighth. I mean, that's three to four rounds after his ADP. He's been going round four and five in a lot of drafts, and he didn't have to take him until the eighth. I know that he's been having a lot of problems in camp with drops. Um, I'm. You know, I don't think that he's necessarily going to be a game changer, but in the eighth round, that's someone who, 
who could be. So, yeah, I think with Jamar Chase, you just kind of get his sea legs back under him. I think there was a report that came out this morning um, where he was in the media saying that hey, it didn't help him that he took all of last year off and it was kind of um, sitting around and not playing football. And he also just said that it's a little bit harder to see the NFL ball. Uh, without the stripes coming from a college football. But it's going to take some adjustments for for Jamar early in the season, but I think he'll get his sea legs under him. Um, and then once he does that and, and kind of shows off his talent, then then John's going to have somebody he can he can plug in a possible flex or, or wide receiver two on bye weeks. Yeah, and then uh, my least favorite pick of his was Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's a guy who I was kind of out on this year. You know, I mean, he didn't reach for him or anything. He got him in the fourth round, but – as a wide receiver, too, I'm not sure that I like him there. Um, I think that the Vikings just aren't going to pass as much. Most of Thielen's production came off of touchdowns last year, which isn't necessarily sustainable. And I think Thielen, you know, he's 31, 32 years old. He could disappoint this year. I can see that. Uh, I do. I mean, Adam Thielen isn't that – I don't. I think he doesn't worry me as a wide receiver, too, for me, just because – the Vikings don't have a third receiver on that team. So if it's it's Justin Jefferson and, and literally Adam Thielen, um, I know the tight end, Irv Smith, um, is is going to be um, their starting tight end without Kyle Rudolph there. But, again, I, I just think it's – if they're going to pass the ball, I don't – you said they're not going to pass it a lot. They're probably not with Dalvin Cook, but they're not going to pass it less than 15 times. So um, those targets got to go to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and I think they'll they'll kind of – kind of split those up just because there's not a third wide receiver on that Vikings offense. Yeah. All right. We can move on to Connor drafting from the 10 spot. Uh, what did you think? what did you think of Connor's draft? So Connor's was good. Um, let me pull his up. Let's see what we got. So Nick Chubb obviously is going to be his RB one. Um, it's definitely going to be a hit there. Um, I think my least favorite one is probably going to be this Chris Carson as the RB2. Um, Chris Carson's projected to get 16 points on Sunday. Um, but Chris Carson, he he gets he's, – he's kind of like a uh, – I don't, wouldn't even know how to – who could who to compare him to. But he he's a running back that doesn't get a lot of yards and is not getting a lot of carries. I think he had 500 yards last year. Um, but his 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 points and his fantasy value came from from catches and, and from scoring touchdowns off of those catches. So – um, for me personally, I don't like having a run, running back that doesn't get a lot of carries and doesn't get a lot of yards on the ground too, as well. If I'm going to have RB2, I'd like for them to kind of have a little bit of both. I'd rather have him maybe be a 900 yard running rusher or a thousand yard rusher along with about 30, 30 catches too, as well. Um, with yeah, Chris Carson, Chris, that's kind of Chris the opposite. Carson is a little unpredictable because I mean this, the Seahawks words and the Seahawks actions just don't align. They talk about wanting to run the ball. And then they just don't. Uh, exactly. So uh, he's a tough one to predict for sure. Other than that, pretty solid draft. I know. I think Chris Godwin's. Um, he's had some injuries um, last year, and then still kind of battling some stuff through camp too as well. He may be. He should still be good to go tonight. Um, but you never kind of know what you're getting with him. Um, the Debo one at flex also isn't going to be a bad one. I think he's going to have some inconsistencies week in and week out. Um, just depending on where they want to go with the ball with Ayuk and, and George Kittle and then that slew of running backs that they're going to have too as well. So Debo could be an inconsistent flex for him um, throughout the season. But um, other than that, it was solid. I got 
Connor um, right behind John. So I think he's he's going to be – actually, I think I have Connor right above John, so I got him five out of 11. All right. Yeah. I had uh, – for Connor's – my favorite pick of his was Debo Samuel in the seventh. I think that's good value. I mean, once you get down to the seventh round, then for the most part, you're looking at guys who – are either going to be boom or bust. And I think Debo Samuel isn't really a boom or bust guy. I think he's just going to be a solid. Yeah, you're not going to be able to slot him in every single week, but I think that that's a solid value for the seventh round. And then I look, I was looking over his draft, and I didn't see anything that I hated. I mean, I didn't like some of his late picks in the double-digit rounds, but those don't really matter as much. He took Tariq Cohen, which I think – was completely undraftable, so I guess that's my least favorite pick of his, but uh, I'm not even sure if he's still on his roster at this point. So I, I think he's still, I think Tariq Cohen's still with the Bears. I, it's it's surprising because he comes off of an ACL injury, and he's probably still going to be a third down running back pass catcher um, in that Chicago offense, so it's, it's surprising how one year people kind of forget about Tariq, but um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I know Cohen's still with the Bears, but I just don't think he's going to be a value. I was saying I'm not sure if Connor still has him on his fantasy oh, roster. No, he, he might have dropped him. I don't know. Um, and overall, though, I I thought Connor had the second best draft. I had him graded at an A minus. Oh wow! Yeah, I I really liked his draft. I don't, you know, I don't love Nick Chubb, but drafting from ten, that's a good value for him. Uh, I think that he took value when it was there, when it came to him, and he didn't make any really bad picks. So, you know, it's going to take some in-season management. It's not a league-winning roster, but I don't think really anybody's is just a league-winning roster right after the draft. So, Okay, second-best draft, okay. Yeah, I really liked his draft. Fair enough. All right, moving on. Drafting from the number 11 spot, we had Peter Guzman. What would you think of his draft? So, Connor was your second best. I got P as my second best. Um, I think he kind of hit the nail on the head with his. I'm pulling his up. Where is he at? There he is. So, well, Austin Eckler, he's obviously listed as questionable. He he ended up getting a hamstring and not practicing this week. Um, Charger said he's out of precautionary, but um, if he does end up playing, then, then that'll be good for him. Josh Jacobs as an RB2, that's – I mean, he – He's still going to be a thousand yard rusher too, as well on the ground in in Las Vegas. And then you have DK Amari as as your one two punch out receiver. Um, Robert Tunyon's also going to be an underrated guy. I think he led um, tight ends and touchdowns last year with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. And then I think Russell Gage is also going to be. I don't know if he's going to be um, a flex throughout the whole year, but um, Russell Gage over there in Atlanta, kind of being either that third that third receiver over there. Um, he had a pretty good year last year too, as well, and kind of came out party so i think uh, matt ryan will kind of look to him too as well especially if kyle pitts struggles so um not a bad not a bad draft by peter at all um i got him second best yeah i liked peter's draft a lot uh, i had him right there pretty level with with john i gave him overall a b my favorite pick of his was russell gage in the 10th you get through the double digit rounds and it's hard to find a guy who i think Gage will be the second option. I know that Kyle Pitts is coming in with a lot of hype, highest drafted rookie tight end ever. But at the end of the day, Russell Gage is still there. He's going to be on the field on almost every single set 
except for their one one wide receiver sets. And he's going to get a lot of targets in the 10th round. That's solid, solid value. Um, he's someone that I was looking at in the late rounds, and Peter got him. Right. My least, my least favorite pick was Kenny Galladay in the fifth. I'm completely out on Kenny Galladay this year, too. I just I don't trust the Giants' offense. And this Kenny Galladay has just been – everything coming out of camp about him has been so negative. He doesn't look good. Uh, I mean, they, they've come out and said that he looks bad in camp. And I'm just not sure that he can be that guy. Okay. Do you see any weaknesses on this starting lineup, though? I know you kind of gave him a B. Obviously, you think his starting lineup isn't going to be scoring as much as you think as as Connor or something like that. So where are those weaknesses at in that starting lineup? Yeah, let me take a look at that. So his starting lineup, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Josh Jacobs right now. You know, he's a good – he's a solid player. I'm a fan of Josh Jacobs, but I don't like him very much as a fantasy option. They brought in Kenyon Drake. They signed uh, – I forget who it was. They signed someone else off of waivers pretty recently. <laughs> then, you know, weaknesses – I'm not sold on Robert Tunyon at tight end, but just pretty much everyone in the league's got uh, got a weakness at tight end, except for Steve. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> yeah. That Josh Jacobs prediction um, at 12 points is is kind of wild to me. He he kind of goes from being a, a running back one last year to just getting totally disrespected and, and a lot of people don't even like him as a, as an RB two in the, in the, in their, in their lineup. Um, and he, he, again, he had a thousand yards and, and caught 30 to 40 balls last year. So it's, it's a little bit disrespectful for, for Josh Jacobs to be predicted to, to have such a down year and only get 13 points on Sunday, but we'll see. Yeah. And you know, really as far as weaknesses in the starting lineup, if it wasn't for injuries, then I would say there's no, huge weaknesses i think it's a solid lineup but you know austin eckler's dealing with something and josh jacobs is actually listed as questionable right now and i just yeah i guess he's gonna need to figure something out at running back if those guys can't cut it yeah he has no depth at running back um so yeah he'll figure something out all right um final Final draft review, drafting from the 12 spot, Steve Novarita. What did you think of Steve's team? Uh, I wasn't too impressed with Steve. Um, I did have him as 11 out of 11 out of my draft rankings. Um, just kind of going off of, obviously, you can probably get into it a little bit more, but he ended up going um, a tight end in the first and then, getting having George Kittle fall to him in the third and in and, and grabbing him too as well. Um that's not even the the worst part about it. I'm just looking at kind of the Miles Gaskin thing as as the RB2 being somebody that's going to be inconsistent out, out there in Miami um as your running back two and then Julio Jones as as your as your wide receiver one who's also been inconsistent and kind of gone through a lot um with with injuries too as well and then kind of joining a new team where he may not be the the go-to guy in Tennessee 
So biggest weaknesses to me were just going to be his his running back two and in that wide receiver one spots with Miles and and Julio, um, and then just having up and down seasons. Um, Jonathan Taylor, um, I know Marlon Mack still there. You still have Naheem Hines still there too as well. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor may have a regression of a year too as well. So um, we'll we'll see about that. The George Kittle and, and the Travis Kelsey one didn't really bother me too much because again he can pretty much use either one of those as a flex and still get great running back or even wide receiver numbers out of one of those guys from the flex is it's a lot of those other guys that he ended up taking where it's just like eh, we'll we'll see how how that goes so i uh i got steve 11 out of 11 for me yeah he was my worst draft as well i gave him a c minus and yeah i mean two of the top three tight ends in the top three rounds. Look, Kittle dropping to the end of the third, obviously that's great value. But when you've already got Travis Kelsey on your roster, it doesn't make sense. I know that Kittle's one of the top tight ends, but you've just spent a third-round pick on a position that you already have filled. And I don't love putting him in the flex every time. You just You lose flexibility there. And you're going to feel every single week like you have to start Kittle or Kelsey in the flex. Like you have to have both of them in your starting lineup every single week. And there's going to be a lot of weeks where that doesn't pay off. Um, I actually do like his running backs. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be solid again because the only reason that Jonathan Taylor was falling at all in the draft was because – we thought that Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson were going to be out week one and possibly through like week four or five, but they're back. They're going to be there week one. Jonathan Taylor's ADP before those, that injury news was like top six. So I think that's good value there. And honestly, I like miles Gaskin too. He's not going to get all the work, you know, Malcolm Brown's there. I think Salvan Ahmed is still going to get some work, but Miles Gaskin is going to do a lot in Miami, I think. Uh, what I really hate are his wide receivers. I think Julio Jones should not be a wide receiver one on anybody's roster. And then Juju should not be a wide receiver two on anybody's roster. So, but yeah, it's going to be weird. Like I said, he basically handcuffs himself into playing. I mean, his flex is filled every single week with one of those tight ends, no matter what. He has no flexibility. I think his roster is just he put himself in a situation where he's not going to have very many choices. Right. Uh, he'll probably be looking to trade here early on. Um, he does going to he's going to have some good trade value with either one of those. So he'll probably get try to get rid of George Kittle. Somebody's going to be knocking on his door to get George Kittle and, and kind of offer up either a pretty solid running back or a pretty solid wide receiver that he can kind of plug and play. Um, so all overall, I mean, I think kind of once we get into a couple more weeks and he kind of realizes, hey, these guys aren't putting up a lot of points that that he thought, um, he'll he'll be looking to make some some acquisitions. Yeah, all right. Uh, I think that's a wrap on our draft reviews. We got draft surprises. So anything that really surprised you about the draft, players who fell or who went way too early, uh, anything – that was just you were not expecting in the draft. 
Um, so we're kind of a couple weeks removed from it. Um, but I think the only one that I can really kind of just remember was the Allen Robinson pick just falling down um, and everybody kind of just passing over him. That was pretty much the only one that I can remember. And you ended up kind of getting him um, in that third or early fourth round. I can't really remember. But no, I got him it. at the end of the fourth round. Oh, wow. Yeah, see. Yeah. So it's just. That was that was the main one where it's just like, please somebody get him, and then it, he kind of just kind of kept falling and falling. But other than that, um, no no real no real surprises, and nobody really kind of trading up or not trading up, but but reaching as far as as far as something that's just outlandish. Yeah, you know, I I was surprised that Allen Robinson fell to the end of the fourth. Uh, you know, I got him with the 10th pick in the fourth round. So I think that was a huge drop. And then really Kittle fell to the very end of the third. He was the last pick of the third round. I think that's a big drop, which made Steve feel kind of forced to take him. But uh, and then, yeah, I don't think anyone reached too hard on anybody. I, I think you were about a round and a half early on David Montgomery. But again, he's your, he's your guy. So go get your guy. I respect it. Uh, I don't think that I was surprised, I guess, that Hunter took Saquon in the first over Zeke, but that's not a huge reach, I guess. I, again, I'm just, I'm not in on the, uh, the Giants this year. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And then, all right, it's finally back. NFL season kicks off tonight. Thursday, September 9th, we have the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Quick thoughts on that game. Uh, it's going to be a big fantasy night already jumping out the gate. Um, Bucks are loaded with fantasy guys. The Cowboys are also going to be loaded with fantasy guys. I know myself, I'm, I'm going to have Michael Evans, um, my wide receiver, too, going out there tonight. Um, on the other end, I think Ivan has C.D. Lamb, too, as well. I don't know who has Michael Gallup. I think the biggest thing that I'm going to be looking for fantasy-wise is, is seeing how much Leonard Fournette does kind of play. Um, I know him and him and Rojo were kind of um, doing their thing last year off and on, too, as well. So I do like to, I would like to see if, if Leonard's going to be that guy where he can kind of be an, a running back, too, in, in fantasy, or if they're going to continue to kind of split carries with, with Ronald Jones. Um, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. Um, those are going to be other guys. I think Antonio Brown's going to have another um, Antonio Brown season. I think he's going to break out, especially with full 17 games with Tom Brady. So I'm, I do like his fantasy value too as well. I think he's going to end up started, um, starting in somebody's lineup. Don't remember who took him though. Yeah, uh, I, liked the, I liked Antonio Brown this year. I think it might have been either Hunter or Ivan had him. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, there there are a lot of fantasy options tonight. You know, it, it's going to be an interesting game. The Cowboys are without Zach Martin. They're starting right guard, one of the best guards in the league. And the Buccaneers, after winning the Super Bowl last year, lost zero people in their starting lineup on either side of the ball and added rookies. So, you know, I, I don't – they're going to be damn good this year. And that defense is good. The defensive line is crazy good. So it'll be tough. I, if you drafted 
any of those Cowboys starters, then you have to start them because you drafted them early. But I think it could be kind of tough for Zeke. Um, I'm not sure he's going to, you know, people might, Isabel might be out on him after week one. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. Some people might want to try to trade for him after week one because I'm not sure he'll have a great week. And then Dak dealing with that shoulder injury. We'll see how he looks. And coming back from the, the devastating ankle injury. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Really, I think that Tampa Bay goes out and wins fairly easily tonight. But you never know. Those quarterbacks, man, old quarterbacks, they always just have one year where shit just stops working. So we'll see if that's this year for Tom Brady. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. So Zeke's projected to get 17. I think 17 may be a little high for him tonight. Um, so it'll it'll be an interesting game. I know Dak and the, and the Cowboys offense, they're, they're projected to be a top five offense, and then they're going to be going against a top five defense tonight. Um, with with the Buccaneers and the Super Bowl champs, um, you got Lamont David um, and and uh, Devin White kind of in there to plug those holes for for Zeke, so he may struggle. Um, and then in that secondary, you got C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. They're going to have their work cut out for him too, as well against that defense. And then kind of just on, on the other side of the ball, um, the Cowboys defense has has um, been infamous in in how bad they have been, especially in that secondary. So I think that'll work out in a lot of the 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 Bucks offensive players' favor, especially if you do have those players like like Mike Evans, Antonio, and and Godwin. So um, it'll be an interesting game. I don't think it'll. I think it'll be high scoring. So whatever the over is in in all these sports books, definitely take that. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of passing. So over under set at fifty two and a half, which that that's pretty high, but. It didn't seem – I mean, for a season opener, I feel like season openers are usually pretty high scoring. I think it could hit the over pretty easily. I agree with you. Yeah, I do like the over on that one. A lot of touchdowns being scored, a lot of a lot of balls being thrown in the air. So, um, it'll it'll be fun. Glad football's back. Um, and, and we got us a great game to start it off on Thursday night. Yeah. All right. Well, Alvino, thank you for joining us on – both of these parts of the draft reviews and we'll be pushing out weekly episodes now that the season is starting. Um, We'll try to get guests on as we can, but sometimes the scheduling is difficult for that. But thank you, Alvino. Good luck tonight with (laughs) Michael Evans, as you call him. That's his name. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Appreciate it. We'll see everybody. Thank you. That's a wrap. Deuces.